0: Use the code BBQNation at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That'd be Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my second-in-command producer, Dave, and commander, Chris, We're coming to you from the Turnit Dome Burnett Studios in beautiful downtown Portland and to all of our affiliates on the Barbecue Nation and Envision Radio Networks. Normally, today's guest is on our Grilling at the Green Golf Show, but he's truly a worldly man, especially a barbecue, and our friend Charlie Reimer is going to join us here on the Nation And maybe, just maybe later in the show, we'll get Charlie to share with us his secrets on the Low Country Boil, if you've never had one of those. (laughs) Uh,
1: Pretty darn good, Jeff. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, it's good. We got a little music from 38 Special for you, Charlie. And so, um, you know, it's it's all good here. By the way, we want to thank our sponsors, Painted Hills Natural Beef, which Charlie has actually had some of. Uh, Beef, you can be sure to... uh, share with your family and friends and never regret it. That's Painted Hills natural beef. So how you been there, big timer?
1: Oh, I've been doing great. I, I'm glad you mentioned Painted Hills, uh, brisket, uh, that, uh, you guys sent me. I ended up cooking it for my family on July 4th on my big green egg. And, and it turned some head. So I was, I was pretty, <laughs> pretty excited about that. And, and I, I was out the following week out in Lake Tahoe covering the American Century Celebrity Championship for, uh, NBC and we had a new celebrity out there, and, and I never choke around celebrities. I've been interviewing these guys, you know, twenty plus years. Sure, but I got a chance to meet Bobby Flay, and I just couldn't even hardly talk. That's how excited I was to meet <laughs> Bobby Flay! And and I had just come out there from cooking that, that painted hills brisket on my big green egg, and I told him all about it. Finally, he just had enough and had to walk off. But right I was very, very excited about that. So, uh, he's
0: got a he's got a big piece of meat. Yeah, he's got a new show coming out it's a barbecue challenge and one of the people on his team um is lanae oxley and i know you don't know her but she's a local gal here she's been on uh, oh she was on pit masters and chopped and and she's a very colorful character really knows what she's doing she's a lot of fun to be around and i noticed i saw a pitch for that you know a tease for bobby's throwdown show um and Linay was on it, and I actually thought of you because you had said you'd you'd, when you texted me the other day, you said you'd met Bobby. Um, yeah, like that. So well, he was it,
1: was. it was interesting. Uh, You know, all the celebrities out there. Of course, Charles Barkley's out there and, uh, every year, and Steph Curry, Justin Timberlake. The, the the celebrity that was getting the most folks was Bobby Flay. Right. <laughs> it was really amazing. You know. These cooking shows are so popular now. I, I understand there's something like close to a hundred of them that are currently in production. And, yep. um, you know, I'm an announcer. If anybody's out there listeners, want to produce a cooking show, I mean, I, I'm, you know, maybe about a seven or eight handicap on cooking, but I'm willing to improve. I can tell you that. that that'd be my dream. If I could get a combination cooking show and fly fishing show, I'd be the happiest man on the planet.
0: I'll tell you what, Charlie, I actually had an idea about that last night for you and me to work together. We'll talk about it after the show. How's that? Let's do it. I'm in. Okay. Okay. We can do that. So how did you, um, when you, grew, let me rephrase that start over here. When you grew up, did you learn how to barbecue and cook and stuff from your parents, your dad, your mom, aunts, uncles, or did you just come by it naturally?
1: Well, I was raised, uh, I was raised by my mom and stepdad. And, and my stepdad was, uh, you know, always out on the back porch, uh, uh, there in Fort Mill, South Carolina, cooking on the grill, and and you know that's where that's where I learned how to drink beer and cuss. And uh, <laughs> the, the most interesting thing was watching him actually try to put a grill together. I learned how not to put a grill together. <laughs> but uh, no, we were all we were always uh, grilling and cooking, and and uh, doing a lot of fish fries and that sort of stuff. And and uh, you know, for me, I, I enjoy cooking. I, I probably enjoy it as much as anything. Uh, I mentioned that that uh, painted hills brisket. That I did on the fourth of July, my sister in law, who's a, a fancy attorney, uh as uh, I put the put the brisket out on the table, she said, What's this beautiful little red ring right inside the outside of this meat? And I told her I said, That is the coolest thing you could possibly ask me. I said, That is a smoke ring and, and uh I, I just enjoy uh well you can look at me tell I enjoy eating sure. Just cooking for people for me is just just a lot of fun and and um i just enjoy it, it brings people together and and uh, you know in this day and age when everybody's so aggravated now over politics and this and that and the other and, and uh, news media's got everybody stirred up when you sit down at the table and have a good meal uh all that sort of flies out the window at least it should and uh of course my background is in golf being a golf pro i'd, I'd like to say that golf uh, is soothing, but uh, as we know, it's anything but soothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, how so true? I, I a good meal is is soothing, but just having you know, sort of planning it out, thinking about how I'm going to do this, who's coming, what they like, what they don't like, and 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 uh, executing that plan and having it come off, you know, pretty pretty close. Uh, to me, just a lot of fun. I just absolutely love doing that.
0: Have you always been a charcoal guy or did were you ever a stick wood guy? You use gas at all? What's your I know you got your egg and you love your egg, so um
1: Yeah, so so you know, I, I'm um uh I mean I, I wouldn't say I'm hardcore at all. Um I I like cooking on on gas. I, I um you know just because just cause it's easy. Uh, and most of the time, I do cook on a gas outside, and and I've got a big green egg that I actually uh, inherited when my mother in law passed away. Gosh, that's been about six, seven years ago, and I and I hadn't really done much on the egg until mm-hmm. that point in time. And I was sitting out on the porch, I got a little curious. I started looking at some, excuse me, some some uh, YouTube videos, and I and I just thought, man, that's <clears throat> Jeff. I'm sorry. That's I, all I right. I thought, I just thought, wow, that's that's super cool, and and uh, so I had to do a little maintenance on it. It hadn't been used in a while, and, and uh, you know, I got everything up where it was working, and, and uh, I had a couple disasters to start with, and then the first time that, that I did a brisket and it came off and it was really good and it tasted like what I'd get in a restaurant when I go to Texas, I, I was really hooked then, and, and uh, so from there, I sort of started, you know, trying this, that, and the other, but, um, you know, I'm not the kind of... Uh, person that you know i don't i'm not gonna make uh rubs from scratch or sauces sure from scratch, but as i travel i do enjoy uh picking up different rubs and sauces and and i like watching some of the shows to get some ideas and and uh try to put things together and and i, I don't make it too complicated I, I would say again comparing to golf i'd say i I break eighty most of the time uh, <laughs> whenever I'm grilling something, but uh, yeah. you, every now and then you have a bad day, but if you don't go for it every now and then, you're not gonna find anything new. so uh,
0: right uh, for me, it's just just a lot of fun. no, it is, and i and I agree with you, you know i um uh, I've created i don't know three four hundred original recipes, maybe five hundred over the years of doing all this stuff, and that's fine. Any more? Yeah. Any more? I kind of look at other people's recipes and I go, "That's really good," and I might try it as it's written, so to speak, or I might say, "I like that, but I'm going to add this or I'm going to change this a little bit." And it's kind of fun to tinker with them. Um, I'm a great t- yeah. tinkerer in the kitchen, if you will, and uh, and at the and at the barbecue and the grill. But um, you know, after you've done about 500 of them, you kind of go, eh well, uh, you know, I, I think I got it covered." So. Well,
1: well I, I, I'll give you a great example of tinkering um, wh- where uh, my family is from uh, in East Tennessee, just north of Chattanooga, a, a town called Cleveland, Tennessee. There, there was a, um, uh, a local grocery chain there. They always had, I don't know what anybody else, we call it hot slaw. And as a kid, we always had that hot slaw. And we put it on hot dogs or hamburgers or somebody made, made some barbecue you'd put it on there. And it was the best darn thing ever. And I've never seen it anywhere else. And a couple of years ago, I thought, well, I can do that. So I, I just went to, to a local store uh, in Florida when I was living in Florida, the Publix. And I got some deli slaw and, and uh, some mustard. I chopped up some, uh, some onion and some jalapeno, pretty, pretty fine chop. Uh, and I happened to just put in the dry rub that I was using. I just started mixing it in a bowl. And I came up with something that was pretty darn close to you know what I'd seen in my uh, childhood. Yep. And um, now that just – I just call it a hot mustard slaw. I'm telling you, whether it's brisket or pork, uh, I, I won't have barbecue unless I have it either on the side or I can put it on the sandwich. And and it's just it's just really simple. And, I, and I'm surprised that's something that, that I haven't seen really anyplace else uh, on any menus or any other – local spots. And, and, uh, you know, that's all from East Tennessee. And I, and I'm glad that I remembered it from my childhood. And, uh, now pretty much, you know, cause it'll keep in the refrigerator for a while. Sure. Uh, although sure. I don't, nothing, nothing keeps in my refrigerator for long cause we eat it pretty quick, but, but that's, you know, that's a, a good example of just tinkering and finding something, you know, that's not a, you know, certainly not making slaw from scratch, but I'll tell you what, it tastes pretty darn good and I won't eat barbecue without it.
0: Hey uh before we go to break, I know Charlie would like to hear this. Johnny Walker Scotch will be available in plastic-free bottles um, starting next year in 2021. As the world's biggest spirits maker ramps up its efforts to tackle plastic waste, the new bottle, developed in partnership with uh, venture management company Pilot Light, will be made from wood pulp that meets food-grade standards and will be fully recyclable. Diego and Pilot Light, Diego's the parent company of Johnny Walker, launched a sustainable packaging company called Pulpex Limited to develop the paper bottle on collaborative and uh, research development. Pulpex will also create branded paper bottles in non competing categories for companies, including Lipton, maker of uh, Unilever. products and soda maker PepsiCo, which are also expected to launch next year. I never thought I'd be getting my scotch out of a paper bottle, maybe a paper cup. Consumer products companies have come under increased scrutiny for the amount of plastic they're using to package food and other household items. In Europe, for example, 8.2 million tons of plastic were used to package uh, food and drink in 2018. Uh, Diageo uses less than 5% of plastic in its total packaging, but along with Unilever and PepsiCo, has set targets to reduce and recycle plastic in their packaging as part of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals Program by 2025. We're going to be back here on The Nation with my buddy Charlie Reimer, so don't go away. We're coming back real soon. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. We've got my uh, golfing, longtime golfing buddy and a longtime announcer on, even though Charlie and I have never met on the golf course, um, but that's a euphemism, so we can we can live with that. Anyway, he's usually on the golf show with me uh, when he's one of my guests, but now he's on the barbecue show because Charlie likes to, to barbecue. Um, also, we've got, uh, if you'd like to email us, it's BBQNation at SalemPDX.com. So it's just nation, BBQNation at SalemPDX.com. You can find our shows, an archive of our shows on uh, SoundCloud. You just go barbecue nation, JT. We're fixing to break a hundred thousand downloads here in about a week, so that's a pretty good deal for a little one-hour barbecue show. And also, this show now is going nationwide. Charlie doesn't even know this. In about uh, ten days, two weeks, we're going to be launching in Chicago, Richmond, uh, Paducah, uh, Las Vegas, and tampa i think is the first markets that were national markets that we're going into and expanded the show to two hours so there's all the stuff you really didn't want to know but you know now anyway so um <laughs> let's welcome uh, back to charlie reimer um as you you know when you traveled all those years and i know you're still doing some of it but not as much as you were working for golf channel and stuff did, did you find one part of the country had food or especially barbecue that you liked better than another one i gotta be honest
1: I like it all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really do. I was sort of, um, with my family being from East Tennessee, that's where I was born. I left there when I was pretty young. I mean, I grew up south of Charlotte. And, and uh, of, course, of course, you know, there's fights in the Carolinas over barbecue. you oh, know, There's a whole hog, there's a pork shoulder. And, and uh, we, we had a family friend, uh, his name was D.H. Dove. His wife, Leah, is still alive. and They were the best cooks ever. And, and uh, he actually was a manager of a large paper mill, and he had the first um, – you know, on wheels grill that I've ever seen, you know, where they had taken a big tank and converted it into a into a grill and he would do all the injections, you know, with the vinegar and the pork shoulder and all that and and just the smell of it was was amazing to me. But in the Carolinas, uh, some places you go and there's just a straight up vinegar based sauce and folks don't you know, some folks don't like that. Some of them some folks love it and then you know, there'd be a ketchup based sauce. It was a little you know, more traditional. And then a mm-hmm. few places uh, you'd run into uh, down around Columbia, uh, Maurice Bessinger's. They always had a uh, a mustard, a sauce. And, you know, some people would line up, you know, I like this. I like this. I like that. I'm like, give it all to me. I, I love all of it. Oh yeah. And, and, and I, and I really do. And then, and we go up, uh, a teammate of mine, uh, Trip Eisenhower, he went to uh, Georgia Tech with me. He was a tour player. Now he's a uh, off uh, golf channel. He he was from Salisbury, North Carolina, which is really close to Lexington, North Carolina. And he would take me to the places up there and, you know, some restaurants you would go into. And, you know, it, it would be Lexington. You always get a basket of hush puppies with a barbecue. And, you know, yeah. I'm not ever going to turn into a hush puppy. But, um, you know, so I just sort of grew up in that environment. But when I started traveling, you know, I went to Texas. I'm like, beef, what, you know, what is this? I was a little hesitant at first. And then – uh a buddy of mine took me into um, Rudy's Barbecue out in uh, I think we were maybe in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and uh, you go through the line and they give you the milk crate with a wax paper and it's the brisket and the, uh, and I, I've never had um, uh, I guess it's a kielbasa, like a spicy jalapeno kielbasa they'll do yep. out there in Texas and you know you just order by the pound or the half pound and and the little sides and you get it all on that on that milk crate and like man I I, <laughs> I love it all but. Yeah, you, when we, the tour went to Memphis, uh, the the tour was there last week for the WGC. I, I always played horrible in Memphis because you couldn't get me out. I'd alternate nights between the Rendezvous downtown, which was you know, sort of the Greek style dry rub, and then Corkies. Uh, and my buddies would take me I'd, I'd just go back and forth every night, and uh, uh, so you know, golf sort of um, got me out, and then and it's really easy to find the local joints, and and uh, I, I really do have, have an appreciation for all of it.
0: Did you learn how to say pool right in Memphis? It's Memphis pool. Like, you know, <laughs> I've been corrected on that, believe it or not, by people that I've talked to and interviewed. And they say, no, it's pool. So it's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I,
1: I, I, I had, people don't correct me. I'm, I'm pretty good size. I don't get corrected a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but the Memphis is good. Uh, I don't even get into Kansas City. Uh, the, the Jack Stacks. Like, every time I can't go to Kansas City without going to Jack Stacks. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I love just sort of the, the the Kansas City sauce has a sort of peculiar, um, in a good way, taste to it. And and uh, so, so if you came to my house and I was doing ribs, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't sauce them at all. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd get them on the table and and I'd have maybe three different kinds of sauces, and you go around the country, you know, how, yep. however you want. Yeah. And, and uh, but um, and I and I love you. If I go to a place like that, I get my. My, uh, nobody cares a briefcase well, my backpack, you know, it'll be full of, can't really put sauce in there, but if I can find dry rubs, it'll be in there.
0: For sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've, I've got, I'll tell you a little funny story. This isn't so much about barbecue, but I was doing a show years ago in, um, Springfield, Massachusetts. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then I went down to Boston for a few days with a couple of friends. We were just hanging out and having a good time. And I decided I was gonna, I wanted to take some lobster home. So, live, mm-hmm. lo- live lobster. Okay. So, I go down and there's this place off the long wharf and it's a, it's a, where they sell live lobsters. And I mean, it's, it's a wholesale place. So, I go in there and they've got these huge tanks and these rakes and you, you, they don't hurt them. You just kind of sort through them with these long handle rakes and you find a couple, three, four, whatever you want. You, they put them in a box, mm-hmm. and you know, pay for them. So, I go to Logan to get on my plane and the, and the guy at United goes, you going to check those? And I said, well, I was planning on it. He goes, they won't make it through O'Hare. He goes, uh, check something else and carry those on. And so I carried the lobster, checked my briefcase of all things. <laughs> the briefcase made it, and so did the lobster. But even the stewardess said, those lobsters? I said, yeah. She goes, good thing you didn't check them. So she <laughs> <like, laughs>
1: said somebody would have stolen them. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess they'd have wanted them more than me. But, uh, you know, but that's the thing I found in all my travels. I think I've been in all states except two uh, and yep. I, you know and I've been on five of the seven continents and all this kind of stuff uh, I'm not that particular, you know I mean as far as good food and but then also when you just talk to barbecue, I like you I like it all you know yeah I, it's it's good
1: I mean i've never I've never really had bad barbecue yeah you know I mean the the, the uh even if you got something that's just been new and it's you put enough sauce on it and make it taste pretty good oh yeah that's true <laughs> yeah but, but you you know but if you look at what happens in food uh and and you know over these last thirty forty years as as travel has become um Uh, just a lot easier and the world's a lot smaller. You know, there's so many things that happen with food and you get all of these different fusions where an idea comes from here and there and put together and it's a little like what happens in in, in, uh, literature and music and a lot of ideas just from from the world being smaller and, and being open to trying other things. And, and, and you know, I run into some things that I don't like, but not particularly in the barbecue world. Right. So, uh, but, but, it's, but it's just fun, and we all have a chance to experiment a little bit.
0: It is. Hey, Charlie and I are going to take a break, and you are too, but you get to listen to commercials, and we don't. And we'll be back here on Barbecue Nation on the Division Radio Network right after this. Don't go away. If you're enjoying J.T. and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G., where we talk home improvement and design. Right here where you catch this podcast, head to aroundthehouseonline.com. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm J.T. We've got Charlie Reimer with us, as I told you at the top of the show. Charlie's usually on our golf show, but he's been gracious enough to come and spend a few minutes with us here on the barbecue show. Plus, I spoiled him at the Fourth of July. I finally sent him a brisket I'd promised him months ago, and yeah, you did. And uh, <laughs> and I, I got that done. And see, I was even smart enough to send it to the right address. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: So you is. were. I was worried you sent it to the wrong address. Yep. Well, we got it. We got it handled. So if you, if I said, okay, Charlie, what? Are, give me your two most favorite things to to throw on the egg and cook. Would it be brisket and links? Would it be you know chicken legs? What is it?
1: Well, I, I I keep it I keep it really simple. Um, yeah, I, I seem to like uh, like football weekends in the south. That's college football, uh, not pro football. That mm-hmm. uh, doesn't really get us fired up around here. But college football weekends to me, that's just not complete. If I don't have you know early on Saturday morning, you know by six six thirty in the morning, especially when there's a little bit of coolness in the air, if I if I don't have them. Uh, Boston butt going, uh, on, on a big green egg with a little bit of hickory, you know, mm-hmm. smoking where you can smell it around the house a little bit inside the house. And, and that's just not a weekend for me. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, and then just doing, uh, you know, just doing the pulled pork off of that Boston butt. And, and that, that's just, that that's gotta happen. And then, um, the other thing, uh, uh, and I love doing, I love doing brisket. Uh, number one, it took me a, a, quite a few disasters to figure out how to do it on the big green egg. But, oh, sure. But once I once I figured out how to do it, uh, I I really do enjoy doing brisket, and and um, there's just something about. Uh, and and somebody was I was putting a picture of a brisket I had done. In fact, I think it was your Painted Hills brisket, and uh, I used an electric knife to cut it. And somebody was like, "Oh, you can't use an electric knife. Now, is that a foul to use electric knife?" Am I, am I no, not enough no. I that?
0: Okay. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I really, yeah. interrupted there for a second. If you talk to like Myron Mixon and Mo Kason yeah. and some of these top, uh, you know, competitive guys, when they go yeah. when they go to cut it to present it to the judges, they'll use an electric knife.
1: Okay. Cause, well, cause it looks get... it looks great. Yeah. It's so so easy to. do. somebody was giving me a hard time about that on on the Twitter but uh you know a, a nice a nice brisket um you know even folks that don't really yeah, I mean it's some folks might not like uh, pulled pork as much but you know and it depends on who's coming over but but a good brisket that's you know sliced uh and looks good with a with a little smoke yeah. ring around it one that you know i maybe you know, got up to to got got through the uh, uh what do you call it when it um it, it um oh, what's the word when it sort of gets about 180 there 170 and it won't heat up anymore yeah you know, you go ahead and get it through there and get it to about 195 or so right and it's and it's sort of melted and come together and you just, you just okay. cut it with the edge of your fork you know and and put that on the plate you know gosh that's so good I, I love that and then it and then it um if you do a big enough one just you know having leftovers the rest of the week. Um, you can know, brisket anything. You can put an omelet, make sandwich, <laughs> whatever you want to do. The rest of the way, but but those are the two things I'm going to do. I know that's pretty basic, uh, but uh, those are. I guess those are my go tos and my my
0: comfort food. That's okay. And the word you were looking for was stall. S T A L L. Stall. stall. Yeah. I couldn't.
1: I couldn't pull yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. The stall. You know what they call the Texas crutch when you take some aluminum foil and boil yep. it a little bit. And I've tried that a few times, but. But one thing I've done, and I hadn't talked to you about it, is, is I used to try to cook brisket. At, I'd cook it a little bit lower temperatures, you know, like 225 to mm-hmm. 245, something like that. And, and I've sort of crept up a little bit, uh, 275 to 290. And yep. um, it seems to get through that stall a little bit better, and, and um, it cooks a little bit quicker. I don't have one of the great big giant eggs, and I don't like you know, refueling it in the middle of a cook. And, right. And uh, so i found that it, it gets to the internal temp of 195 or so uh, without me having to refuel my egg. And I, and I can't really tell, you know, taste-wise or tenderness wise that, that I'm sacrificing much by cooking it at a higher temperature.
0: I don't think so. I mean, you know, when when the competitive barbecue started, and that's for a separate and i always make this really clear on the show that's a separate group of people doing a separate thing because the the meats that they present at those barbecues are not meats that you would set a plate of them at, on your dinner table because they're triple seasoned and they're injected and, and and there's nothing wrong with that except you can't eat much of it cuz you'll swell up like a you know uh, Porky Pig and the Macy's Parade and the balloon thing. Well, maybe
1: maybe I've had a few of those.
0: Accidents. <laughs> Me too, but um, but you know, I I don't know. if there's my theory is this, Charlie? I don't know. if there's a really wrong way to do it because if you do it and you're happy with it and they eat it at your table, that's all it counts. Yeah. That's all. That's that
1: all it that counts. That's yeah. exactly right.
0: Yeah, I don't think I don't. You know, people get all jumping around and waving their arms down. And, of course, it's become so popular. And like you said, there's 100-plus cooking shows in production, and somebody's always got a new cooking show challenge idea they want to do, and and this and that. And that's all well and good. But most people that I've learned in my years of doing this stuff is they're just kind of middle of the road. They want a nice, uh, very flavorful, you know, whatever it is, beef- uh, fish, chicken, pork, whatever it is, they want that when they're going to put it on their table and serve it to their family and friends, and right. and they're happy when they do that. And so I believe in yeah. making people happy, you know.
1: Yeah, and you want to work at it enough to where you can feel good about it,
0: but yep. you don't want to beat yourself to death, right?
1: Uh, you know, if you can, if you work so hard on getting a meal prepped that you can't sit down and enjoy it with your friends and family, then you probably put a little too much well, into it. Is the way I look at it.
0: Well, I've actually done that at the holidays where I like Thanksgiving and Christmas where I've done, you know, virtually seven courses and all this, and I've barely let anybody in the kitchen to help me. And when it's all done, yeah. I don't, I'm not hungry. I don't want to eat it. I want to go outside yeah. and have a drink. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. And your family's wanting to hang out a little bit. You, yeah. you know, yeah, that's, that's a little,
1: so yeah, I, I agree. That's what, that's, that's really my approach to yeah. Anything I'm I'm trying to do when folks are coming over.
0: Yeah, anybody uh, you you don't have to name names. I wouldn't want you to do that. But anybody that you worked with down at uh, the golf channel on those shows, any of them persnickety enough not to like certain types of barbecue?
1: Uh, you know, just the ones from like New York City.
0: Yeah, <laughs> New York City. <laughs> <laughs> barbecue, what's barbecue? They don't know.
1: They don't know a whole lot about it. But although I do understand there's some good barbecue places up there. They're getting. There. Uh, no, not not really. Yeah, sometimes. So, so I'll work with. Um, Work with some English folks, and and I and I don't know that they barbecue anything over in that part of the world, and uh, so me and a couple of my buddies would be talking about barbecue, and they just look at us like we're crazy, and and but you get them to try it, and they're like, oh oh yeah, that's pretty good. So uh, yeah I, I had a friend of mine a few years ago here in Myrtle Beach, where I, where I live now, which I love by the way. Uh, we did a low country boil. Um, he's from Ireland, and uh, <clears throat> I don't think he'd ever had shrimp before. And uh, he started eating shrimp, and and, the eyes rolled back in his head, you know, like a great white shark (laughs) looking for a bite of (laughs) of a whale floating in the ocean. And he would not stop eating shrimp. I think he had two pounds of, of, of boiled shrimp. And, and he, just, he gave everybody a hug and was crying when he left. He goes, thank you for the best evening I've ever had in my life. Oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, but I think I think barbecue is a little foreign to, to folks from outside the country. But if you spent much time in the U.S., I think at some point you probably tried some barbecue.
0: Oh, I'm sure you have. I know that my daughter's actually, she's coming home tonight as we're recording the show. But she's been living in New York for a while. And um, and she's very, you know, growing up with me, she was very adventuresome in food. She loves Chinese food and Japanese food, and she loves Mexican food. And, you know, there's really not, mm-hmm. mu- not much she won't try. So my dumbass, I tell her, I said, you got to go to Katz's Deli and have a Reuben when you get to New York. Yeah. So she does, and she's so proud. She texts me, you know, and this this huge monolith of a sandwich. And she goes, it's pretty good, Dad. I'm just not sure it's worth the 37 bucks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you you know I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned cats because um, I I know I haven't been there I've seen yeah obviously uh, familiar with it from from watching some TV I love I love pastrami and and somewhere I found supposedly what their recipe is for pastrami and it's one of the things I really want to try is to do, is to do a pastrami and they want to as I recall to brine that brine the brisket for. Yep. Twenty to thirty days, and I and I really don't have the space to do that. And, right. And a buddy of mine told me he said you can actually go uh, to like a Costco and get and get a corned beef, and 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 skip brining it, and then go ahead and put the pastrami seeds on the outside, and then go ahead and smoke it. And he said he's done them both ways, and it turns out pretty darn good both ways. But that's the one thing I've got to do on my green egg is is do a pastrami and. Sort of, you know, maybe cut it thick. I think that would be a pretty cool way to have it because most of the time you see it, it's all, you know, always thin cut on a on on rye bread like they would do a catch. But I, I've got I've got that on my list of things that I want to give a shot.
0: Before we get out to uh, break here, so you can listen to commercials, um, a few states have begun the slow march to turning temporary sales of cocktails to go, which we used to call roadies into more permanent options with Iowa and Michigan this week, expanding measures instituted in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds on Monday signed a bill that permanently allows cocktails to go. It was, this was first instituted back in March 19th as a temporary measure to help restaurants and bars in the wake of the pandemic. And Michigan Governor Whitmer, she's made the news a lot, on Wednesday signed legislation extending restaurant and bar sales of cocktails to go through December 31st of 2025. Whitmer on Wednesday also closed indoor seating in bars in parts of the state. Justin Winslow, president and CEO of the Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association, praised the enactment on the to-go legislation. More than 30 states and the District of Columbia are now allowing restaurants and or bars to sell cocktails to go bottled spirits to go, and or both, of course, according to the Washington, D.C.-based Distilled Spirits Council uh, of the United States Trade Group. Other states, including Florida, Ohio, Oklahoma, Texas, and the District of Columbia, are considering making their temporary policies permanent. We got to take a break so our sponsors get a little time here in the show, and Charlie and I will be back here on Barbecue Nation on the Vision Radio Network right after this. everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, we've got Charlie Reimer. If you ever watched anything on the Golf Channel, you've seen Charlie and you've got to love his, his sense of humor. He's a great guy. Um, you're, hey, I'm one, too, so I can say this. We're just a couple of good old boys, and I don't want the Duke, Dukes a <laughs> Hazard song coming up behind us here, but you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's all good. You know, you were talking about um, Katz's Deli and stuff. You, your buddy's right. You can get a corned beef, and yeah. you can kind of let it, you know, take some of the moisture off of it a little bit, and you can actually yep. – uh, if some of the pre-done ones – have a lot a lot of salt in them so you can soak them in some water for you know a little while it'll tell you on the package and you can get some of that salt out because you're going to end up putting that seasoning back on the exterior of that um, before you go ahead and smoke it but he's right you can do that and it works really well i
1: I think i'm going to give that a give that a shot try because that'd be a pretty good shortcut because i just don't like the idea of a brisket brining in the back of my refrigerator in a, you know, in a 5 gallon bucket for 30 days. Yeah. that's <laughs> many things could go wrong with that.
0: Not sure your family liked that much either. About the fifth, no. fifth or sixth day when they open that up and go, whoo. You yeah, <laughs>
1: that'd, be, that'd be a little rough. But I'm, I'm going to give it a shot because, man, I do love, uh, I do love some pastrami and putting some flavor in it on that big green egg would, would be pretty darn oh, good, I think. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we were talking about cats. I mean, this sandwich that Mercy sent me the picture of was, it had to be mm. five inches thick, you know? Mm. I mean, there was a... Was
1: really, what do you say? It was $37?
0: Yeah, it was $37 for the Reuben. Oh, my goodness. So, mm. it looked... Man, it looked damn good. I can tell you that. I got the pictures. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, where I live in Myrtle Beach, South
1: Carolina, you could feed your family of 10 for $37. <laughs> <out here. laughs>
0: yeah, you could. You could. Um Charlie's going to stick around. I'm going to ask him if he will. And I'm sure he will for the after hours thing. Cause we've done it on the golf. And if as our hook to that, we're going to talk about the low country boil and everything mm. that Charlie does with that, if, if, if you'll be gracious enough to stay with us, uh, when we get you done, here, get done here in a couple of minutes, but it's, it's really, really good. So anybody in your family come up and say, uh, dad, you know, uh, I like this, but, um, can I just have a hot dog or did they, did they acquire your, uh, eating skills?
1: Well, I've got, I've got two sons. Uh, I've got one that uh, actually here in a couple of days is going to be graduating from, uh, Florida state and he's already got a job. I'm proud to say. Good. Uh, and, and, uh, uh, my other son is a rising senior at university of Missouri and, they, and they're both Pretty good size eaters. They're not, you know, they're not as big as I am. They're not big boys. My youngest son Hayden was a football player at University of Missouri, so we can throw down. Uh, I, I can tell you that. But uh, you know, when they were when they were kids, you know, sometimes it was hot dog and chicken fingers. But when they got a little bit older, um, I've never really brought something off the grill or a green egg that they weren't happy to dig into. Uh, so, so I've been pretty lucky in, in that regard.
0: Okay, we got time for one more quick story. You, you living in the south. And I know when i we connected the other day, you were fishing. You're out on your pontoon boat fishing. Mm-hmm. Did you catch mm-hmm. anything?
1: No, uh, I've been fishing a lot in Merle's Inlet, and uh, it's a phenomenal fishery uh with with uh redfish trout flounder and uh but it's it's very tidal and uh I've been trying to learn it on my own. What I'm gonna have to do is spend a little bit of time with with some guides around here but uh it, it really is i've seen some pictures i've caught a few flounder a few redfish and a few trout but I hadn't really gotten on them very good yet uh but i'm i'm gonna figure it out it's a beautiful piece of water uh down on the south side of myrtle beach and and uh i, I tell you i just soon eat flounders anything uh, oh yeah that comes in the ocean and uh to figure out because I, I can be them and leave my house and be in the water uh, you know, with, with the line wet in about seven or eight minutes. And, and I'm, I'm going to figure that out for sure. But I think I'm going to have to maybe uh, get a little bit of assistance on, uh, assistance on finding a few spots.
0: Do you have, do you have right where you're at in that area? Do you have blue crab or soft shell crab? Any of that?
1: We do. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, in fact, Merles Inlet is a seafood capital of South Carolina. And,
1: um, we, we've got a ton of crab and, uh, I'm not sure I've quite figured out the soft shell crab thing. I know they're molten and, and I don't know how they, you know, catch them and yeah. and all that, but there, there's a ton of crab around here and I tell you what is really uh phenomenal and and um I think in particular in the winter time uh, the shrimp. Um and they, and they get in the wintertime, February February, March, they were getting in pretty close on the beach and and uh extra large uh South Carolina wild caught, If you can get them where they were swimming in the morning and and you fry them up at night or got them sizzling in a
0: pan that night, I'm going to tell you what, that is some good eating right there. (laughs) Well, I'm coming back for dinner one of these days, buddy. Come on. We can do this. I wanted to tell you something before we get out of here for good today. As tasty as cows are, their greenhouse gas emissions aren't quite so palatable. This is, of course, a little statement that Burger King has come out with, and you've seen the commercials of the kid. In the white kind of, you know, country western suit with a white guitar and all that. Well, according to the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization, livestock is responsible for as much as, not exactly, 14.5% of all uh, anthropogenic greenhouse gas emissions. Much of this is in the form of methane, of course, which is produced by microbes in the animal's gut before it's belched or... Uh, sent out the back end Burger King along with scientists from the Autonomous University of the State of Mexico and University of California, Davis found that by adding dried lemongrass leaves to animals daily feedstock reduced the methane's emissions just 100 grams of the dried lemongrass per day was enough to reduce emissions by as much as 33% per day That's what the study said. Rather than keep it a trade secret, though, the new formula is being released as an open source with Burger King encouraging other food companies, farmers and meat producers and the rest of the industry to run with it. You got that? So while reducing emissions by a third is a decent effort, it's kind of a drop in the bucket considering the much larger impacts on the environment, deforestation, cars, all that kind of stuff. Uh, The reduced methane emissions beef will be available in five Burger King stores in the U.S. from July during its initial trial. Eventually, the company says it will be integrated into its usual supply chain to replace existing beef. See you later, Burger King. We're going to get out of here on the regular Barbecue Nation show. We thank Charlie Reimer for being with us, but he is sticking around and we're doing after hours. And that's where we really have a lot of fun because we're going to talk about low country boil and more seafood after that. So for Charlie, I'm JT and all the crew here. um, Stick around for the next hour if uh, you are on the network. And if not, we'll see you next week right here on Barbecue Nation. WQ Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved. Copyright 2019.